News Weekly is an ad-free listener-supported podcast made possible by subscribers like you. Just go to patreon.com slash Sammy Shah, that's S-A-M-I-S-H-A-H, to support the podcast. Top Stories of the Week New Gravitational Wave Just Dropped Also, Putin It to Putin And Nothing New Happening in France All that and more on News Weekly Hello, I'm Sammy Shah and thank you for joining me as we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Donald Trump holding jello playing bass will change the fabric of space-time. News now. An almost coup in Russia, Gladys Berejiklian's corrupt choice in corrupt boyfriends, French police just as shit as any other police. None of those stories is as important or will have as many long-term ramifications for the future of humanity as scientists listening to things. Researchers found new signs of gravitational waves, waves that are affected by huge movements such as the collision of black holes. What does that even mean? Don't worry, every news channel is already well aware that the audience has zero scientific literacy and so has experts on hand to explain it all using the simplest analogies they can think of. One way to think about it is if you think about space-time as being jello. If we imagine the universe as a grand symphony, these merging supermassive black holes are the bass players. And from there it only got worse, as news anchors and presenters had to pretend to understand any of it. So if I understand this correctly, scientists had suspected that these gravitational waves existed, but now they have proof of this. Uh, we actually have had proof of them before. Okay, so if space-time is jello, black holes play bass, and we've had proof of this stuff before, what exactly has been discovered? Jeff, if you can imagine an observatory about the size of half of our galaxy, if that even computes with you, they uh, took advantage of pulsars. Pulsars are dead stars. They're very dense, uh, about the density of our sun, the size of our uh, city. So Nanograv uh, used a technique called pulsar timing array, which means they use pulsars, which are dead stars, which have predictable kind of rotating beacons, and you can really set your clock to it. And if there's any change in those, you can infer there's something happening. Uh, in this case, a gravitational wave, which is changing it ever so slightly. So they trained several uh, radio observatories on our planet at 68 of these pulsars, and were able to pick up these subtle changes and thus identify what they infer to be these big gravitational waves. Got that? No? Okay. Let me try using an analogy you might understand. Imagine the universe as a political arena, with different players and events shaping its course. In this analogy, Donald Trump represents a massive and influential figure, much like a supermassive black hole in the universe. Just as black holes create ripples in the fabric of space-time, Donald Trump's actions and movements create waves of impact in American politics. These waves can stretch and squeeze the political landscape, influencing various aspects of the system. In 2015, scientists used an experiment to detect these waves, similar to how people observed and analyzed the consequences of Trump's presidency in American politics. It was a groundbreaking moment that confirmed the predictions made about the influence of these powerful figures. For scientists, it confirmed the existence of gravitational waves. For political analysts, it confirmed the existence of dumb fucking fascists. 
However, the methods used initially could only capture high-frequency waves, much like catching the quick chirps of specific moments in Trump's political career, such as controversies or significant events. Recently, scientists have been exploring slower waves, which takes longer to cycle. These waves likely come from the grand-scale interaction of political forces, analogous to the collisions and dances between massive black holes. To detect these slower waves, scientists have been observing a network of political actors, similar to how telescopes were pointed at pulsars in space. These political actors think, you know, someone like RFK Jr. or Ron DeSantis are comparable to pulsars and emit regular signals or actions that scientists can track, much like the radio waves emitted by pulsars. By monitoring the changes in behavior or response across different political actors, scientists can identify the presence of these slower waves. It's akin to analyzing how Trump's actions influence the behavior and dynamics of various political players in American politics. The challenge lies in pinpointing the exact source of these waves. While the detection method reveals a constant hum in the political arena, it's challenging to attribute specific events or interactions to the waves directly. It's like being in the middle of a political rally, hearing multiple voices without discerning individual conversations. The surprising finding is that the background noise of these waves is louder than expected, indicating that Trump's influence and the impact of American politics extend further than anticipated. It suggests that there may be more significant significant political mergers or interactions happening, challenging previous assumptions. Scientists hope that by studying these waves further, they can gain a deeper understanding of the larger dynamics at play in American politics, akin to exploring the intricacies of Trump's political legacy. It's like conducting a thorough analysis of Trump's impact on American society and the political system, akin to political archaeology, except in space. In summary, just as black holes create ripples in the universe, Donald Trump's actions create waves of impact in American politics. Scientists have been studying these waves much like researchers analyzing Trump's influence on American society. By exploring these waves further, scientists hope to unravel the complexities of the universe and gain insights into the broader dynamics at play, like how Donald Trump is probably going to destroy America. There. Simple. See? Insane in the Kremlin news now. It was the strangest 24 hours in Russia. Since that time, Rasputin was poisoned, stabbed, shot and then chased into a frozen river. Last weekend, Yevgeny Prigozhin, the man who has proven what a hot dog salesman with ambition can truly achieve, began marching on Moscow, promising to overthrow the government which had been paying for him to fight its war in Ukraine for it. And then things got really strange. Mercenaries declared a mutiny and then called it off in under 24 hours. It started when Prigozhin started making claims that the Russian military was doing a bad job of fighting in Ukraine. Which is unfair since the Wagner Group, which is a group of brutal mercenaries mostly comprised of ex-convicts, was what the Russian military hired to do a good job of fighting in Ukraine. Then before you could say Bozhemoy, Prigozhin and the Wagner Group had invaded one Russian city and were 200 kilometers from Moscow, doing a better job of advancing on Russia than the entire Wehrmacht and Napoleon's Grand Army ever managed. In the Russian city of Rostov, armed men and armor on the streets and tanks outside key buildings. Putin made a statement declaring the entire Wagner group traitors. Our actions to defend the fatherland from this threat will be harsh. Everyone who consciously chose the path of treason and planned the armed uprising has embraced blackmail and terrorist methods. 
And just as things looked bleak for the world's biggest Steven Seagal fans, suddenly, Prigozhin announced he was retreating to Belarus, probably to attend the next GOP fascism convention. But by Saturday night, suddenly a Kremlin reversal. Putin's spokesman announced a deal. Prigozhin released an audio message saying his troops would turn around and go back to field camps to avoid shedding Russian blood. And the whole thing was settled as the largest misunderstanding since that time in the 80s when the world almost went into nuclear war over a flock of seagulls. It was over so anticlimactically, you'd think it was sex with me. It even confused BBC's Russia experts so much, he had to express himself in children's rhymes. Evgeny Prigozhin seemed determined to march his men to the top of the hill, and then he marched them down again. This is one of those moments where you just have to put up your hands and say, what on earth was that about? So, what now? Putin, having been shown as weak, needs to assert his strength right away, which means someone's getting tossed out of a window. And the first candidate just might be a high-ranking Russian general. He was once the face of Russia's war in Ukraine. Sergei Sodovikin, nicknamed General Armageddon for his brutality. Well, now he's General Armageddon couldn't get it done and has the honour of being the first purge of the bloc. The French are revolting. Again. News now. Several days of riots have erupted in France, and here's the most bored reporter on France 24 with the news. Another night of fireworks and burning cars in Nanterre. As the anger of a police shooting continues, two days after the death of the 17-year-old Nael. See, if you're a French journalist, another riot is barely newsworthy. It's, it's like another school shooting in America, or another discovery of Boris Johnson lying in the UK, or another Lydia Thorpe outburst in Australia. On Tuesday, a 17-year-old was shot dead by a police officer during a traffic stop. The teen failed to comply with an order to stop his car, to which the officer fired his gun, forgetting he's French and not American. A video shared on social media shows two police officers besides the car, a Mercedes AMG, with one shooting as the driver pulled away. The response has been mixed. Outrage, of course, at the shooting death of a 17-year-old and appreciation that killing a Mercedes driver is traditionally a victimless crime. The reason for the rioting is that Tuesday's killing was the third fatal shooting during traffic stops in France so far in 2023, down from a record 13 last year, with majority of victims since 2017 being of black or Arab origin, which is probably just a coincidence. French President Emmanuel Macron has called for calm, because that always works. But he refused to bow to demands by right-wing politicians to impose a state of emergency. If the French are going to declare a state of emergency every time someone burns a few cars, they'll never get anything done. That's it for this week's edition of News Weekly. Like I mentioned last week, I'm filling in as presenter on ABC Radio National's show God Forbid. It's a really cool show where we get to talk about current events, world politics, things that are happening in culture and society from a religious lens. The first episode is out already. It's about religion and comedy and the intersection of those two, something obviously I care a lot about. Uh, you can find that wherever you look for your podcasts. Um, just look for God Forbid and that should come up or on the ABC Radio National website or you know, just Google it. 
you know how to find stuff. You don't need me to tell you how to live your life. Otherwise, don't forget to join my Patreon where I just put up the video of my last stand-up comedy show. Uh, it's a special. I, I recorded it live in Melbourne at the Melbourne National Comedy Festival. Uh, it's The show is called Successful Comedian. It's the show I was doing this year. I'm going to, you know, chop up the whole thing and use it for clips on socials as I try to remain relevant with the youth. But you can watch the entire thing if you're a member of my Patreon. Or if you join my Patreon now, that's patreon.com slash Shah. That's S-A-M-I-S-H-A-H. Also, as always, please don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and a good review for the podcast if you like it. And if you can't be asked to do any of those things, just tune in next week right here for another issue of News Weekly, where we punch news in the headlines. Thank you.